Everything is good. Wednesday evening, actually. <coughs> Still trying to recover from this cold. It's gonna give you this this news right here. So let's get into it. Hard Talk Radio, live in 4K. Here we go. is crazy this is crazy anything as adult should be talked to by their parents these people are really pushing the line here they really trying to sexualize kids they're trying to groom them any way that they can okay and these teachers are going to get themselves hurt one day they're going to mess with the wrong parent who will be a father very protective over his children. Hillard, Ohio, <clears throat> teachers in Hillard City Schools will be allowed to continue wearing badges identifying them as supportive alphabet uh, plus students after some parents expressed concern over a code on the back that could lead to websites inappropriate for children. The front of the safe space, um, <clears throat> safe person, safe space badge worn by some Hillard school teachers National Education Association, some teachers recently began wearing the uh, alphabet supportive badges that read, I'm here, with a pride flag design on the front. The teachers union received the badges and supplied them to any teacher who requested them. I thought that these badges would be simple way to show support for our students and staff. Union President Leonard Jordan said, similar to other 
safe space stickers or posters this would identify adults you can speak to without judgment again this is something that is for the parents to decide who to talk to not you the QR code leads to informational sites for adults wanting to learn more how to support the Alphabet Plus students. But some parents said it also led to sites with inappropriate material. Any teacher who chose to wear one of the badges clearly understood that the resources at the link were intended for adults, not students. Okay, so if that's the case, why do you want to have students access to you? Okay, the links are made for adults, so students are off the table to be given access for adult content. See what I'm saying here? Okay. Any teacher who chose to wear one of the badges clearly understood that the resources at the link were intended for adults, not students, said David Stewart. Superintendent of Hillard City Schools in a statement, the resources are provided for teachers' personal growth and professional development. Okay. <clears throat> the uh, Alphabet Plus young people statistically are known to have difficulty finding safe spaces. Research shows that Alphabet Plus youth are five times more likely to die by suicide due to their inability to be out among family members and peers. In addition, 92% of the uh, Transformer youth have attempted suicide before the age of 25. Okay, so what's really the issue here? The issue is really the fact of a mental health aspect, okay? Because there's a high, of course there's a high suicide rate with the Transformers, but they're not gonna tell you the real reason why that is. And the sad thing is that doctors have been trying to um, prevent this with genuine help, but they risk losing their license if they dare tell the truth that they need therapy. They don't need to transform. The QR code leads to uh, NIA LGBTQC.org, the site this uh, resource toolkit with tabs on topics like bullying, coming out, gender identity, hate crimes, sex education. After choosing this as subject, a list of links pop up with articles that articles covering that topic. Sarah Flamonte, who has two children in Hillary's school, said continuous clicking through various links could lead to age-inappropriate material. Some parents got a hold of the badges and they went to the website. They clicked on a million times to get some information. Uh, Flamonte said, then they tried to get. To the, get the board to make all the teachers remove all the badges and no longer wear anything indicating that they're a safe person to talk to. Amid the debate, the district released the following guidance to teachers. Teachers are well reminded that the resources linked to the QR code were for adult learning only. Additionally, they were reminded that the resources should not be included or used in designing any lesson plan. Teachers were reminded that if asked about the I'm here message on the badge, their response should be age-appropriate. Teachers were advised that it may be in their best interest to cover the QR code in the back of the badge. The last point was a concern to Hillard parent, Kathy Gonzalez, who spoke at a board meeting on September 12th. In a QR code, is, if a QR code is age-inappropriate and requires duct tape, why is it in our schools, said Gonzalez. 
who also said that the district is promoting the idea that parents cannot be trusted and should be excluded from certain topics or conversations. They're trying to groom the kids. They're trying to they're trying to put a wedge between the child and the parent. Imagine them putting a wedge between your own child. This is insane, man. It really is insane what they're trying to do. Okay? The school district reiterated to NBC4 following the meeting that it embraces the inclusive nature of the badges. Message to Hiller City School District remains committed to ensuring that all students feel safe, included, and welcome in their learning experience. Native sentiments around the Alphabet Plus inclusivity in schools is not unique to Hillard as districts across the nations are having the same debate. In April, Ohio House Bill 616 was introduced similar to the Florida law. Opponents have the so-called Don't Say Gay Bill. Ohio's bill would prohibit schools from teaching about divisive or inherently racist concepts, including sexual orientation and gender identity for students between kindergarten and third grade. In higher grades, the bill would require any instruction about alphabet-related topics to be taught in an age-appropriate way. One of the parents who spoke at last week's board meeting, Cynthia Sheets, said she became alarmed when books with Transformer characters were out on display in the library. I think sexuality of any type should not be on display or otherwise in public school buildings, she said. Okay, but Mary Bruno, public policy director for Equality Ohio said supporters of the House Bill 616 are likely misstating what conversations are happening. Folks who are upset about inclusion are often people who have an issue with the alphabet plus identities, Bruno said. For them, the idea that we'll be, we will be openly talking about LGBT, um, alphabet plus identities without shame is inherently perverse. Crystal Lett, an alum of Hillard School, said she thinks communities need to be committed to only sharing pertinent factual resources to combat misinformation. Alphabet Plus students deserve to be an integral and cherished part of our community, and they deserve decency, respect, access, information, safe spaces, just like everybody else, Lett said. I long for the day where this doesn't have to be a culture war issue. We just let people love who they are. Yeah. <clears throat> Too bad the thing is like when it comes to the alphabet, they want to love on minors. That's what they want to do. They want to love on minors, they want to groom minors, and they don't care if these minors one day end up deleting themselves. <coughs> That's basically what it's about. <clears throat> okay? Exactly what it's about. Okay? All right. Let's see what's up in the next agenda. All right. One second. Okay, we'll be talking about Mr. Uh, <clears throat> Mr. Whitehead right now. Okay, this is who we'll be talking about. This is my view and what I, I'll tell you what I think about this.
All right, yep. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on up. You want to come preach? You want to come preach? You want to come preach? Come on up here. Come on up here. say whatever you want about this man, right? You can say what you want, but here's the thing. You came looking for trouble, okay? That's what happened. You came looking for trouble, and this is the thing which you have to understand within um, the African-American community, the ones that are low income from the ghetto, from the hood. Um, a lot of the females feel that uh, because they are female That they could do things like that They could come up in a man's space And nothing's gonna happen to you. Okay This man You know whether you believe that sucker Was staged or not Okay 
he just dealt with that and his family was had to deal with that because they they were subjected to that as well you know people trying to rob him at his church okay he's not putting up with that now somebody else wants to try and be social media famous on him okay trying to harass him while he's you know doing his con game all right he's not going to put up with that okay now he did say you know is as she was trying to be escorted out he was, she was coming towards his fam his uh his kids so she wasn't moving fast enough and the way she was walking very defiant okay she thought she could take her sweet time and then he just grabbed her and leave she forgot where she was at you're in a public place of assembly that someone is holding and that person holding it has the right to say get out that's it a lot of blacks oh my god he put her he put his he put his hand on a woman but you weren't understand you weren't you know looking at the fact that she came to disrupt the service and basically she was told to leave and she didn't choose to leave fast enough you guys are not looking at that but like i said this is how backwards the black community is okay women run it women could abuse a man in the black community a black ghetto woman and um she could go raise her mouth loud disrupt the service disrupt anywhere okay she could talk any way she wants to you but if you dare um try to control the situation she'll be like oh don't you dare touch me i'm a woman but there's so many men that are gonna put up with that let alone a man that his, the place that he operates an assembly got robbed and his wife got robbed too and his daughter had to witness that not putting up with that i don't feel sorry for that woman she knew what she was doing she did that to get to be famous that's what she did okay her friend was talking on social media about that they should press charges on him and stuff like that. for what when you are trespassing okay for what makes no sense but once again this is how backwards the black community is very ghetto As for the casting spells part, they chose to be there, man. They chose to be there. They chose that man. Every time they go into that place, they pay tithes, they chose that man. They know what to look for in that book. They know who they want to listen to. Okay? They ain't victims. They know everything out of that man's mouth could be suspect, and they still choose to go there every Sunday. Flashy Brooklyn Bishop Lamar Whitehead, who was famously who was famously robbed of more than one million in jewelry, was cuffed by cops and then released Sunday after a scuffle with a woman during a live stream service. 
Whitehead was preaching on the stage of the Leaders of Tomorrow International Ministries on Ramson Avenue near Avenue D in Canarsie just before 11.30 a.m. Sunday when two women, two women interrupted the service. He later said in a Facebook stream, video from the service shows the clergyman wearing a blue and white patterned suit as he stood on stage repeatedly booming, let's give Jesus a round of applause before adding while they take pictures and they want to be social media. Be with social media. He was apparently referring to the two women in the audience, including one, okay, who suddenly entered the frame and walked in front of him, seeming to point a finger in a different direction. Please say the woman who identifies as 47-year-old Tasha Howard has been recording the service and approaching Whitehead in an antagonizing manner. She was, come on, she was there to antagonize him. Give me a break. You know, oh man, she's a victim. She is no victim, man. No victim. No victim at all. Whitehead quickly grabbed the woman and pushed her out of the frame. The video shows, get over, get over here. He can be heard saying off camera, grabbed her and grab her out. Amen, he declared. You're not going to come in my space. I feel threatened. Both Whitehead and Howard were initially taken into custody and brought to the 69th precinct. While Howard was charged with trespass and disruptive religious service, exactly, Whitehead, who police say restrained the arrested, the arrested woman, was let go. Good. The second woman, who allegedly interrupted the service, remains at large, the clergy said. Whitehead, who served time in prison for identity theft, grand larceny, was previously robbed during a live stream service in July with the crooks making off with more than estimated one million in jewelry in the court on camera caper. The luxury loving clergyman who rides around in vehicles such as Rolls Royce has fought back against critics who blame his lavish lifestyle for tracking criminals. The pastor who wore two blinged out watches and one ring with a large stone during Sunday service said he's simply protecting his family by fighting back. All right. Hey, I, I can't, I can't knock that man, man. I can't. Going to protect my family, said in a Facebook live stream hours after the incident, no one is going to come at my family and no one's going to hurt my family ever again. The media has painted a picture of me being a villain, a villain, which I'm not, Whitehead said. He referred to the incident as a design and attack of the enemy and added that they're not going to make my church uncomfortable to worship. He claimed the two women were sent by some bloggers who, who he declined to name because they're nobodies. Whitehead recently filed, filed twin $20 million lawsuits against a YouTube named Jives, a YouTuber named Jives who has more than 80,000 subscribers, and another online personality, Larry Reed. Both men publicly claimed Whitehead was a scammer, among other things, leading the plaintiff to lose business deals, church members, and income, the suit says. Jives, whose full name is Demario Q. Jives, claimed on his YouTube channel last month that Whitehead is wearing the same jewelry that he got robbed in back in July, according to court papers filed in Kings County Court on Friday. Uh-oh. Jives allegedly accused Whitehead of drug dealing and collaborating with the Bloods and the Crips. Whitehead has denied the claims and called the men's allegations all false, defamatory, slanderous, according to his lawsuits. <clears throat> After his release Sunday, the pastor said NYPD failed me for arresting me in the first place. They should have never done it. They would have never done it to a rabbi. 
They would never have done it to a priest, Whitehead said. But because of the color of my skin, they arrested me. Not only did they arrest me, but they put me into a police car. They injured my wrist. Man, stop whining. However, when they got me to the precinct, they put me in a cell. Then after that, I was told the higher-ups, once they found out who I was there, they came in and started to do some research. And all the charges were dropped on me. But you don't get to arrest me for no reason. Why did it said to hold a press conference about the incident outside the 69th precinct at noon Monday? <laughs> it's not that serious. It really isn't, man. It isn't. Hey, but once again, I don't feel sorry for none of those broads. I don't. He went there to start something, and he finished it. That's basically it. That is basically all that there is to it. Okay? Came there to start something, you got handled. Alright? Alright, so let's get back into some stuff here about uh, Ukraine. really has to be talked about because <coughs> really this is ridiculous
my thing is this. I'm, what are they going to just say that we are not supporting a Nazi country? We're not supporting Ukraine. Ukraine is Nazi, Nazi country. They have Nazis there. As all battalions Nazi. The, the president of Ukraine is a Nazi supporter. Okay. It's a dictatorship. They kill journalists over there who tell the truth about Ukraine. What's going on with Zelensky? Let's stop supporting them. And we don't care if the Ukrainians get mad about that. You don't like it, leave America. Period. the gall. We have things going on here, and you want us to keep giving money over there? You know places in Kiev, they are partying? They are not struggling. The part they say Kiev is war-torn, go on Twitter, look it up. You have people in Kiev partying, having fun, like it's, like it's just a good old time. Meanwhile, we're struggling here. Food shortages, water shortages, energy shortages. Okay. Illinois is going to look like the purge next year. And we want and they and these selfish people want us to give more money to them. We don't even know where the where the military grade um weapons that the, our government gives Ukraine goes. You can't even trace it. You don't even know where it goes. Probably given to some terrorist cell somewhere across the world to start more wars. And it's it's the entitlement. This is disgusting.
thing is why I don't think she understands is like the Ukrainian nature um, is to steal is to cheat is to connive is to put themselves first above anybody else even if it's an expense of other people even when they don't deserve it okay and that I've read um, articles about that especially when it came to the fact of like how the the money the supplies and money that's supposed to go to Ukraine it doesn't go to Ukraine their own people that's in charge of the military, the web, the supplies and medicine does not go to them. They steal it. So these men are in, you know, dying. Ukrainian soldiers dying. Have to go to war in their vehicles, in their civilian cars. Okay. Risking life and limb. And they can't get out of the military because they'll go to prison. Okay. And that type of nature, she is seeing it, okay? She's, she doesn't, I don't think she understands it, but um, she's seeing it and she doesn't realize it. She's seeing the entitlement. They don't care about your problems. They care about their problems. And it's even in other countries, like a woman, a refugee from Ukraine, single mother. She goes to spend in, yeah, in uh, Ireland. She gets offered a home by a nice lady. For her and her daughter, you know what that lady does? Meets the daughter with the with the um, the the caretaker, and she goes around dating a bunch of dudes. Okay. Another incident is when a woman um, had a Ukrainian refugee come over, and the person, the the lady, had a Russian flag. She decided this guy, this person who was the uh, Ukrainian refugee, burnt down her house. This is the problems that people have in. All in European nations who take in Ukrainians. This is how they act. This is their culture. Destroy, steal, connive, lie. Okay? I ain't saying all Ukrainians are bad, but you're showing that they are showing that they're those who know what's going on, the type of uh, the fact that they got they are for white supremacy they know this and they asking for more money knowing that that money really doesn't go to the soldiers at all 
and they asking you for more money, those people, those type of Ukrainians are dangerous. Just keep it moving. Just keep it moving. talk about this story right now they really these uh, alphabet mafia they really are the alphabet mafia under um, <clears throat> under Joe Biden they are really they're really cutting up and like I said I think Joe Biden is just start is picking up where Obama left off I really do think so We are, as a board, we are committed to human rights and we are committed to supporting all our teachers and staff and students. In an what I don't like, and I agree with, uh, I was talking with Georgia, why do they got to send the black man to do the dirty work? It comes on the Democratic Party. The leftists, you always got to send the black man as the shield. Democrat, Republicans as plantations. Mm-hmm. Just a meat shield with melanated skin. Environment that upholds their dignity, their gender identity, and their gender expression. Right? Issues around safety are matters that we deal with on an ongoing basis, and we continue to deal with those issues, not just with any this teacher, but with all teachers. So that is something that we are committed to health and safety for all our students and staff. I noticed, Mr. Innes, you can't display nipples as part of the dress code of the Halton District School Board. All of his outfits, he's displaying nipples. Um, in the shop, he's wearing long sleeves. Those massive prosthetic breasts are near cutting equipment. Um, I would argue if this was a student doing this, it would not be tolerated. So why does this person uh, get such leeway? Uh, you keep saying he. Um, first thing is, um, we are you know, being respectful of all of our gender identity and gender expression of all of our staff. And we are supportive of our staff and our students. This, this, this. Why can't this person um, be wearing, keep, keep what this person has more restricted so it doesn't get caught in machinery? Why does this, why can't, this person understand that he is the that, that he is the adult. Why can't they understand that you have to protect these kids? You have to be dressing appropriate for these kids. Why can't that be the forefront? Why can't the children be the forefront dealing with this matter? I just want to know because that's that's basically what's the issue here. They they don't care about kids. This is what the, the Alphabet Mafia does not care about kids. Dress code is for students, and the dress code is not for staff. The dress code is for students. Wait a minute. So, 
He's just a puppet. This man is a puppet. So look at this. What is this? What is this? Look at that. This is is that appropriate? No, it's not. It's not appropriate. Not at all. But students are supposed the dress code is for students, not teachers. It's time to homeschool kids. That's what I'm gonna say. You gotta homeschool your kids. That's what's gonna have to be the issue now. And they'll fight you for that too. They will fight you for that. Because it's about control. It's no longer about education, it's about control. you probably didn't even know about. Let's begin. Fair use. The economic forum shows director Klaus Schwab plotting with Google co-founder Sergey Brin to install brain implants in our heads so that the globalist world economic forum can measure your brain waves and read your thoughts. According to WEF director Klaus Schwab, the mega-rich heir of a Third Reich industrialist, the brain implants will be rolled out inside 10 years, and there is nothing you can do about it. The disturbing mind control fantasy laid out by a clearly aroused Klaus Schwab was recorded during a 2017 World Economic Forum summit in Davos, Switzerland, and has only recently surfaced in the public domain. According to Schwab's timeline for the rolling out of the brain implants, they will be in use by 2027. That's just five years from now. The resurfaced video comes on the heels of several other disturbing video clips and statements in which Schwab and his fellow elites at the WEF have openly expressed their desire to live a life of degradation and humiliation before falling victim to a mass extinction event. The WEF is now openly attempting to force humanity to eat bugs and insects and drink recycled toilet water, block out the sun with space bubbles, capture powerful positions in penetrated governments worldwide, and finally, wipe out at least 94% of the world's population. The WEF is so arrogant in its goals and so certain that they can't be stopped, but they're willing to admit their nefarious goals to the public. So we penetrate the cabinet. So yesterday I was at a, rece at a reception for Prime Minister Trudeau, and I know that he said Third Reich. Hmm. Third Reich. What does that sound like? Oh, Adolf Hitler. Nazis. Yeah. What creeps me out is this guy talks like a James Bond supervillain too. 
Yep. We're in trouble. Half of this cabinet, or even more half of uh, half of this cabinet, are for our actually young nobodies of the world. During his 2017 talk on forcing implants into the brains of ordinary humans and tracking their every thought, Schwab was joined on stage by Google co-founder Sergey Brin, a key player in the big tech transhumanist scene. Transhumanist artificial intelligence touches every single one of Google's main projects, ranging from search to photos to ads, Brin said on stage alongside Schwab, adding that WEF-approved tech tyranny touches everything we do. Lauding advancements in what has become openly anti-human technology, Schwab told Brin and those in the audience that within 10 years, everybody on Earth will be wearing brain implants. This will allow the WEF and their associates to measure your brain waves and immediately tell you how the people react. Very useful data, I'm sure you'll agree, for the elites in pursuit of their goal of worldwide totalitarian fascism with the human race on its knees. Can you imagine in 10 years when we are sitting here, we have an implant in our brains and I can immediately feel because you all will have implants. I can measure your brainwaves and I can immediately tell you how the people react or I can feel how the people react to your answers, Schwab said to Brin, who looked on with amazement. You cannot stop it, Schwab bragged on his tyrannical plan. Can you imagine that in 10 years when we are sitting here, we have an implant in our uh, brains and um, I can immediately feel, because you all will have implants, I can, and we measure your, your brain waves, and I can immediately tell you how the people react, or I can feel uh, how the people react um, to your answers. Uh, is it imaginable? Um, I, I think that is imaginable. I think um, I, I think you know you can imagine that you can imagine well you're going to be sort of transplanted into you know the, the internet, so to speak, live forever in a digital realm. This isn't the first time the WEF has admitted that they're fascinated by the possibilities inherent in mind control technology. Earlier this year, they were caught scrubbing the internet of their plans for using mind control on the masses via cutting-edge sound wave technology. Unfortunately for Klaus Schwab's WEF, the internet is forever. In 2018, they published an article entitled Mind Control Using Sound Waves. We ask a scientist how it works. Of course, it was scrubbed from their site, but thanks to the Wayback Machine, we have the evidence of their technocratic depravity. While at face value, many may dismiss Schwab's brain implant fantasies as the start of science fiction movies. The People's Voice has closely covered the powerful World Economic Forum and their dystopian plans for humanity, showing that the statements of Schwab and his associates should be taken very seriously. And I have to say, um, when I mention our names, like Mrs. Merkel, um, even um, Vladimir Putin and so on, they all have been young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. But um, what we are very proud of now is a young generation like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, um, President of, of uh, Argentina and so on, that we penetrate the cabinets. So yesterday I was at a, rece at a reception for Prime Minister Trudeau and I would know that half of this cabinet, or even more half of uh, half of this cabinet, are for our uh, 
actually young nobody who's absolutely grateful. That's true in Argentina as well. It's true in Argentina and uh, it's true in France now. <coughs> we have a president who is a young global leader. As previously mentioned, Schwab is the son of a powerful Third Reich industrialist. By way of the World Economic Forum, where he is united with Israeli scientists, big tech oligarchs, and deep state operatives, Schwab plans to roll out what equates to real worldwide fascism, a global merger of the corporation and the state. Sovereignty will be a concept that exists only in the distant past. Constitutions won't be worth the paper they were written on. Presidents and prime ministers will be puppets of the globalist oligarchy. Remember, um, the World Economic Forum, you had people like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio there, you had Donald Trump there, you had Joe Biden there. Um, yeah, Trump ain't your savior, bruh. Neither is Joe Biden. These actors, they're all in it. All of them. Yeah, so, yeah, we're, we're all screwed. Don't don't even dare look to Trump. Trump ain't gonna save you. Uh-uh, not at all. Not at all. Once the WEF has captured enough seats in governments, a great reset powered by Big Tech's fourth industrial revolution will reshape the world, and supposedly democratically elected governments will share legislative power with mega-corporations and the WEF. According to the WEF, after the Fourth Industrial Revolution, human bodies will be so high-tech, we won't be able to distinguish between what's natural and unnatural. You know, the thing is, it's like, who wants to know what's in another person's mind at times, okay? There's some things you just don't want to know. And the fact that if you can't tell what's real from what's not, that's a dangerous, that's dangerous. Unfortunately, these, you know, these crazy people don't know what they're doing. We are wondering what is happening to the world. Everything is changing. Humanity might divide 
into a majority maybe of people who would suffer tremendously and a minority that will have the resources, the wealth, the technology to protect themselves and even flourish in some kind of technological Noah's Ark. If you don't want a future in which you and your children wear brain implants that allow the globalist elite to read and control your minds, it's time to make a stand. If you are in... It's too late by now to make a stand, really. It really is. I mean, you, you could try and, you know, unite, but, you know, that, 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 all they got to do is be like, you know, turn off your water, you know, turn off your water, just poison the water and where you live. I, I mean, it's, it's pretty much, it's, it's too far gone by this time. Say so you want to unite, but, you know, <coughs> People are not going to do that. They're too conditioned. All right? Unite. Try to fight. They'll take away your job. Certain jobs have certain restrictions. Okay? And, uh... You need that job. It's not easy to go where you want to go as you could. Um... Yeah. A lot of people are not willing to do that. Okay. A lot of people. A lot of people are now sheep. Okay, they're not people that are willing to be resourceful. Hey, yo, a lot of people are not even stocking up on food. A lot of people are not doing that. Okay, how many people? How many people have you heard stocking up on food? You know, not the Preppers Channel, but you know. Your regular, uh, you know, red pill manosphere. Are they talking about stocking up on food? Are they talking about the energy shortages? The energy, you know, I, what are they talking about besides pickup game, body counts, um, that stuff? That really is not going to matter, okay? Because your date's not going to care, <laughs> you know. Do you have food? <laughs> do, do, can you protect me? Hmm? Are you resourceful? When the dollar crashes. Bill Gates is buying up a lot of farmland. Do you have land? These things is what's what matters right now. And what we're dealing with. Okay. That is what matters. But a lot of people are not talking about it. Not even on the news, mainstream media. They ain't talking about this. They ain't talking about this James Bond supervillain, um, the son of a Nazi uh, industrialist, is planning to take over the world. Okay. not most of these news companies are bought by billionaires anyway you know all right on to martin luther cream aka sean kings little uh info on his 6.7 million dollar non-profit let's talk about that 
the man who is basically the Robin Hood who takes from those who trust him and gives to himself basically inside Sean King's shadowy 6.7 million dollar nonprofit Sean King's grassroots law project amassed and spent millions after George Floyd's murder including six-figure payouts to himself and allied consultants Damn it. how come nobody came, came at him yet that's what I want to know how come nobody came at him yet everybody's want to you know try and boycott Black Lives Matter but ain't nobody coming for him yet how is that that's what I like to know you know alright so let's get, let's get into that alright Sean King's nonprofit amassed millions of dollars in donations in the months following the 2020 murder of George Floyd. While its signature project to review and redress prosecutional industries in the injustices in three major U.S. cities floundered, and while King himself and his associates raked in hundreds of thousands of dollars in compensation, I will always ask this question about Sean King. Right? How do you? How do you trust somebody who constantly is screwing over people left and right? He has a reputation. He's even, you know, re even retaliated and gotten nasty with people who asked about where's the money going? Okay? How do you trust somebody like this only to screw you over too? You just joined the list of people who are gullible. Representatives of the Grassroots Law Project produced the 2020 financial reports for the King-led outfit in response to questions from the Daily Beast. These materials have yet to appear in any public records database, and the Internal Revenue Services Service did not respond to queries about why the King nonprofit did not show up in the online files. But the Grassroots Law Project lawyers noted that the agency has suffered internal delays related to the... Uh, COVID-19 pandemic. The tax documents reveal that during the first year of its existence, a period that coincided with the largest racial injustice protest in the nation's history, the organization collected more than 6.67 million. Further, federal election commission records also show that two political action committees tied to the controversial activists have poured close to half a million dollars into the organization. The single largest expenditure the grassroots law project made it first made its <clears throat> made in its first year was two million six hundred and fifty four thousand four hundred and thirty four which the disclosures only state when to bridge the gap between grassroots organizing and legal expertise to reform the American justice system the organization's representatives acknowledged to the Daily Beast that this referred to at least in part to the group's flagship program following its launch, Truth, Justice, and Reconciliation Commissions, obstinately modeled on those institu instituted after the fall of the apartheid in South Africa, and the Grassroots Law Project would go on to help set up in the District Attorney's of Offices of San Francisco, Philadelphia, and Boston. 
These restorative boards receive considerable publicity and fanfare along with their own website, fundraising page, and multiple social media accounts. When the Grassroots Law Project and the local prosecutors announced them in early July of 2020. This system is not broken, it's functioning exactly the way those who designed it and built it to intend it to function. It was not built to give marginalized communities justice, King said in a joint press release with Philadelphia District Attorney Larry Krasner, then San Francisco DA Chelsea Bowden, and the Boston DA Rachel Rollins. It was built to oppress them. And moving forward, we must build brand new pathways for justice, truth, and reconciliation. The old ones will never get us there. But more than two years on, the commission's online pages are largely stagnant, much like the initiative itself. And here we go. The fact that, uh, yeah, this is when the, this is when the funny stuff start, the funny stuff starts happening. The Boston District Attorney Office told the Daily Beast that its commission, unfortunately, did not get off the ground. While the San Francisco DA's office said its committee had yet to hold a single meeting, Philadelphia DA Larry Krasner, whose exceedingly close political ties to King and one of his PACs have gotten him a slap with thousands of dollars in campaign finance violation fees, uh-oh, did not respond to the questions about the commission status that were left with his office and on his personal cell phone. In a statement to the Daily Beast, the Grassroots Law Project representatives blamed the distractions of Krasner's re-election bid and Philadelphia's recent crime wave for the apparent failure to make headway on the project. He is today the only one of the original trio of prosecutors still in office. The nonprofit also asserted that the COVID-19 pandemic was partly to blame for all three commissions' failure to launch. Nonetheless, they said the initiative only accounted for around 500,000 of the 2,654,434 figure. What? Wow. The remainder they indicated went toward various policy pushes and campaigns for prosecutorial leniency, phone banking, donations to other groups, and legal defense funds. The group also took credit for having helped ensure that Officer Derek Chauvin was arrested, charged, and convicted for murdering George Floyd, and said they have successfully advocated against the California Attorney General appointment of um, Republican Adam Scheif. The grassroots law project is extremely proud of the civil rights work we have accomplished since our inception, the organization said in a statement. We've made over 1.6 million phone calls, sent over 100 million advocacy emails, hosted over 1,000 unique events with 35 brilliant staff members fighting against poli police violence, mass incarceration, and racial injustice. The 2020 tax findings the Daily Beast received show King earned a salary of $104,167 <clears throat> as the Grassroot Law Project's executive director during the group's tw first 12 months. But the group's representative told the Daily Beast his compensation has since swelled to a quarter million a year, or around twice the median compensation for nonprofit executives. The organization's representatives maintain this income as lower than some other groups with a criminal justice mission. The documents also show the nonprofit paid $135,486 to the social practice, a consulting firm that handles the group's financials and which is based out of a box 
in the same San Francisco male group as the grassroots law project itself. The Daily Beast previously reported that the social practice was also the payroll of Crashness District Attorney campaign at the same time the prosecutor got in trouble with the Philadelphia authorities for coordinating the, with King's PAC and failing to report it. As the Daily Beast also re previously reported, the social practice co-founder Becky Bond serves the treasurer of that exact same pack called the Real Justice Pack, which she also funded, co-funded with King. Bond and future grassroots law project co-founder Lee Merritt were also part of the Financial Review Board that produced a 2019 report apparently intended to address the questions about the fate of the millions of dollars King had raised for various social justice causes. This man's a thief. He's an utter thief, and you guys still trust him. I can't feel sorry for anybody who trusts this man. It's like egg in your faces every day, every day. Public records and materials the group divulged show the entities associated with two other members of the team experts in ex um, members of the team of experts in justice reform, law, finance, and compliance. A nonprofit founded by activist Tamika Marley and the law firm of attorney David Martrini have received regular dis disbursements of cash from the Grassroots Law Project or the PACs. Tamika Marley is another thief as well. Hey, uh, unfortunately black people are not going to wake up. They're not. Mallory's group said it was only received donations from the project in the period between March and August 2021. While the campaign finance filings show payments to Matrini's firm continued through May of this year. According to the panel's report, King himself received monthly payments via the social practice at the time. Though the representative of Four Grassroots Law Project maintained that those disbursements have long since stopped. The most recent records available show that, to date, the social practice has received a combined amount of $940,812.20 from the Grassroots Law Project, the Real Justice Pact, and the Grassroots Law Pact. A third, King founded a committee where Bond now serves as treasurer. The group representatives insisted Bond and King were uniquely qualified for these roles and deserving of the compensation. The pair sent a joint statement to Daily Beast. Uh-huh. We're extremely proud of the work we've done for the Real Justice Pack and Grassroots Law Pack, helping to elect champions for criminal justice reform in jurisdictions all over the country. The pair said in a statement, campaigns we have both launched and supported span pages. <coughs> and we will continue to fight alongside the amazing commu community members who have experienced the harm at the hands of a, le a brutal legal system. The relation between the Grassroots Law Project and the Grassroots Law Pact is particularly idiosyncratic syncratic, since the Supreme Court's 2010 Citizens United decision. It's become increasingly common for nonprofits to launch a political action committee. But in the case of the grassroots law groups, the PAC spawned the nonprofit emails King sent his financial supporters show. The grassroots law PAC first registered with the FEC as the action PAC in July 2019. Almost a year before the project's founding, the filing list merit as the PAC's treasurer and King as its point of contact. Roles which records show they held into the fall of 2020 before they ceded them to bond. From the outset, it listed the Real Justice Pack as an affiliate. 
on June 1st, 2020, two days before the Grassroots Law Project Incorporated Delaware into June 2020, and one week after the Floyd murder, the Action Pack sent a fundraising email support to the supporters under King's name. Tomorrow, our team will officially launch the Grassroots Law Project. The missive from the King read, asserting the organization has already hired five staffers. Between now and tomorrow, I'm asking you to come to become a founding donor to help kick off the Grassroots Law Project. All this, man. All this. The Action Pack will continue sending fundraising emails both from King and Merritt on behalf of the Grassroots Law Project for more than a year. It wasn't until February 2021 that the Pack changed its name to match the nonprofit. The Action Pack Herald the rechristening with a tweet and a Facebook post asserting it was merging with the Grassroots Law Project. By that point, payments from the PACs to the nonprofit Mark Payroll and Software had already been underway for a month and a half. Today, those payments total 461768 as of the most recent FEC report. In an interview with the Daily Beast, the group's representative asserted that today neither the PAC has any staff of its own. Rather, they rely on grassroots law projects to do their work and reimburse it for their staff time and other expenses. The PACs and this nonprofit's representative said this arrangement saves money and allows for the staff to receive full benefits. It also has the effect of concealing who exactly gets paid for doing what. The group refused to provide a breakdown of the specific services King had rendered to the PACs, efforts to support specific political figures, saying they didn't want to compromise the safety of the candidates whose careers he had helped advance. Uh-huh. Attacks on Mr. King have been used against candidates and elected officials by trolls and people who may pose security threats. A representative for the nonprofit told the Daily Beast GLP does not want to subject candidates Mr. King supported to harassment by publicizing those strategic services. The group maintained that King only received $28,364.84 out of the payroll reimbursements last year for the services rendered to the Real Justice PAC and no money at all from the Grassroots Law PAC PAC, <clears throat> providing a screenshot from the timesheet app Clockify to substitute the claim. Well, I'm not going to read any more. It's a very long uh, article. I don't want to bore you, but you already know how this ends. Okay, you ready? You know how this ends. Okay, he does this all the time. He gets people to trust him for political um, object projects, and those people are left high and dry, and the money's missing, and he's the one pocketing it. That's it. That's all I can say about that. Okay. Here's something interesting about Biden. Hold on a minute. That's the last one I'll be doing for today. Um, here we are. Yep. Biden avowed uh, Satanist Dr. Mitri Descalis as White House Monkeypox Response Coordinator. This is who he... Uh, had for, yeah, the, the uh, MPOX coordinator. This is who he has. 
I'm not even gonna show you who we have for the Department of Energy. <clears throat> President Joe Biden appointed Dr. Dimitri Dacasas of our Satanist to helm the nation's monkeypox response. Dilakis also serves as the director for HIV prevention for the Center of Disease Control and Prevention. Prior to this, he served in the new New York City Department of Health under former Mayor de Palacio. Dilakis graduated from the Columbia University with a biology degree. He later attended the New York University of Grossman School of Medicine and did both his residency and fellowship at the Harvard Medical School. Dilakis also gained the additional master's degree in public health at the Harvard T.H. Chan's School of Public Health. Despite his excellent education background and his efforts in HIV and other diseases, according to the Alphabet community, a quick search of Delasso's social media profiles shows disturbing information. This includes his penchant for pentagrams and other symbols uh, related to Satanism. Delasso's Facebook provides showing him alongside his partner, Michael McNeil, at their goth gym in New York. It was based on their former um, Alphabet nightclub, Monster Cycle which had taken over an old church in Manhattan. The thousand social media posts were rife with references to Satanism, the devil, burning crosses, pentagrams, and more. And this is what it's this is what he's about. Okay. Pomi met with criticism. Some conservatives expressed opinions about Delaskis and criticized Biden for his decision regarding the appointment. Benny Johnson, the host of Benny Report on uh, yeah, wrote on Twitter meet Dimitri Delaskis. Dimitri was just appointed by Joe Biden to be the official White House um, MPOX deputy coordinator. Dimitri proudly wears the official symbol of the Church of Satan pentagram. Joe Biden appointed a Satanist to the White House. Well, you know, I can't, you can't really be surprised because um, <coughs> you take an overview look at the White House, the foundations is a pentagram. So, yeah, <clears throat> you already know what you're dealing with, you know. Johnson also noted that the Hoffman pentagram is the official copyright symbol of the Church of Satan and has been long since associated with various occultic beliefs, including Satanism, which reverses the accomplishments of humanity and encourages believers to embrace physical wants and desires. It's, in, it's ubiquitous in his social media. Dimitri has the pentagram tattoos, so it's fair to question did Joe Biden appoint a Satanist? Johnson um, posted, posted on Twitter. The criticism from conservatives purportedly forced Delasis to turn his Instagram page private. This is who this dude is. Alright, so let's listen in on this. R-Talk Radio Live in 4K. And, and and so on and so forth. But um, August 2nd is when this was actually released. Today, President Biden named FEMA's Robert Fenton as the White House uh, National Monkey Ponds Response uh, Coordinator. And then here's the, here's the most interesting one. Dr. Dimitri Daskalakis. Daskalakis. All right. Uh, as the White House National Monkey Pox Response Deputy Coordinator. So his assistant is party five. His, his, his number two guy. Um, scroll down a couple of paragraphs. We're just going to get more into him real quick because Dimitri um, has been spending the last couple of years. Go back up one more paragraph. Before we get that. He, he's uh, 
is the, the CDC Division of HIV Prevention. So this guy's main goal is HIV running rampant. This guy's in charge of stopping it. He's, he's the last defense against HIV, HIV specifically in the LGBTQGQIA+. This is off the White House Gov site, guys. I'm doing the best I can. LGBTQGQIA+, communities. Um, his clinical practice is focused on providing care for the underserved. The alphabet again, I'm not going to get into it. Um, previously oversaw management of infectious diseases for New York City's Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. Clay, write that term down because I don't mental know what... Hygiene. You own 160 companies and you've been on CNN and, and everywhere else commenting on things before COVID even broke out. I don't know what New York City's Department of Health and Mental Hygiene... What is mental hygiene? Mental floss? I don't know exactly what that's about. One of the largest departments in the nation, uh, including a uh, in serving as incident commander for the city's COVID-19 response. And so um, we'll kind of get into those guys a little bit. But here's here's who he is in his part time. We'll show some pictures. He's a fashion, fashionata, fashionista, expert of, of sorts. Juanita Broderick uh, put this out. Um, I kid you not. This is Biden's new monkeypox coordinator. You're going to miss out on some of the ins and outs of this, guys, if you're listening on radio stations or on Apple and can't see the screen. I wouldn't say you're even missing out. You might actually be blessed yeah, no for not seeing the screen. This guy is, in, is, is, is what I would consider probably more ground center, uh, uh, ground zero for monkeypox, um, maybe a super spreader. I don't know. But that is who's in charge of uh, the monkeypox outbreak because he moved over from HIV. Clay, can we get your, your comment on this? The the monkeypox deputy coordinator, Dimitri Daskalakis. And what is, okay. what's Biden thinking with this consistent move like this? Okay, well, if you look up uh, HR 666, that's Congress working on that, that is uh, the Anti-Racism and Public, Anti-Racism and Public Health Act of 2021. And what that does is they want to codify sin. Okay. So let me just let me try this again. To put it into law, <coughs> this bill establishes within the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention a national center on anti-racism and health and a law enforcement violence prevention program. So what they're saying is they want to create an antivirus for the human mind. Now, I know this is going to blow someone off. Mind. And again, you you you're, you called me, I believe, uh, seven minutes ago, and then you sent me a link uh, <laughs> a ago. Um, and then, uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to, to just make sure I explain this, okay? So you've all know Harari, who's the top advisor for uh, Klaus Schwab. He has been talking about uh, the importance of developing an antivirus for the mind. And they believe that mental health is the biggest um, issue of the day. So if you read Isaiah uh, chapter uh, 5, verse 20, it says, Woe unto them that call evil good yep. and good evil, and that put darkness for light and light for darkness, and that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. So let me just play this audio from Yuval Noah Harari. Here we go. We can develop antiviruses for the mind. That when you surf the Internet um, and somebody is trying to manipulate you, the antivirus comes into action and maybe blocks this fake news story. Uh, another one here, this is Yuval.
um, and somebody is trying to manipulate you, the antivirus comes into action and maybe blocks this fake news story. Uh, another one here, this is Yuval. It will really become possible to hack, not just my smartphone and email, but to hack my brain, to gather immense amounts of data on my body, on my brain, and to hack them. And to prepare for this kind of world, which is coming sooner, I think, than many people realize, we need an antivirus for the brain, for the mind. This is kind of uh, the, the watershed moment. Okay, and just so we're clear about this, Dimitri Daskalakis. Dimitri Daskalakis. Um, Daskalakis, uh, what I know about him is people started sending me some stuff and I was researching him, uh, you know, a few weeks back. He's a Satan worshiper. Openly worships Satan. I mean, so he's not like he's confused. He open, openly, you know, worships Satan. He wears the, um, you know, pentagram when possible, constantly is showing de allegiance to the devil. Yeah. Wow. So, um, that, that, that's a thing. So what yep. we know about this guy is he's definitely, there you go, what he's wearing right there, he's got the pentagram on again. But he's uh, all about Satan worshipping. Um, he's all about um, living a uh, the sexual and perverse lifestyle. He calls it bad, bad, evil. But what they want to do is they want to codify it. So somehow, some way, shape, or form, if you read HR 666, that's what we're going to get to soon. So what they're going to do, and I'll just play this out so you understand this, is if I don't believe in the, the gay um, agenda, the lesbian agenda, the pro-gay lesbian agenda, then I am guilty of, in their world, um, thought crime. Thought crime, exactly. That's, that's but, right. but they have a virus for that. So you, they want to make it so you, you're not even able to commit that crime. Right. That's, that's their goal. Let me play this final clip here for you. Ray Kurzweil... Um, he is the, he would be considered to be like the mentor of Yuval Noah Harari. He's the top technologist of Google. And he was explaining out loud how this works. So listen in, folks. This is Ray Kurzweil, top technologist of Google, explaining what they want to do to your mind. Listen to this. Here we go. That you can be someone else. You and I could go into a virtual reality environment and uh, take a walk at a virtual Cancun beach in, in virtual reality environments. And we'll have virtual bodies in these virtual reality environments, particularly when it's through the nervous system. When we have uh, nanobots in our brains that can shut down the signals coming from our real senses, replace them with the signals that your brain would be receiving if you were in the virtual environment, then it'll feel like you're in that virtual environment. Your body doesn't have to be the same body that you have in real reality. A couple could become each other. Ooh. So we back it up one more time. Just so this is again easy. Saying once you have nanobots in your brain, which by the way that's an RNA modifying nanotechnology shots. Once you have nanobots in your brain, it's through the nervous system. When we have uh, nanobots in our brains, they can shut down the signals coming from our real senses, replace them with the signals that your brain would be receiving if you were in the virtual environment. Then it'll feel like you're in that virtual environment. Your body doesn't have to be the same body that you have in real reality. A couple could become each other, for example. So, so I wanted to demonstrate how you could do that. So I had magnetic sensors in my clothing as I moved. So you, you get this wow. idea, <laughs> and this is this is where they're headed. And then uh, Yuval, you know, he, he, he loves to chime in. So Yuval, they kind of 
clarifies what Ray Kurzweil, his mentor, says. With a sufficient advance, again, in biotechnology and in virtual reality, this clear-cut dichotomy of gender, of men and women, and so forth, it will no longer make any sense. Okay, so what they're going to do, there are four things they were going to do, four calls to action, and, and I, I knew we were going to do this interview a few minutes just before. I mean, I like <laughs> Um, but one is they're going to implement HR 666. That's going to happen. Uh, that's their plan. Uh, two is this character they brought in, brought into the fold as a Satan worshiper. Everyone needs to look them up today. Now, everybody, look, this HR 666, this is on Congress.gov site. Yeah, they're not this, hiding this, it. This isn't something that Clay found on, like, uh, the Inquirer or something. Mm -hmm. This is your government that you've elected, Republicans and Democrats, Exactly. Are all involved in this. HR 666. Bad market. Yeah. And, and when you look into this, this is, um, again, I mean, you're, you're talking about they want to implement the thought crime. And, and so then when, once they do, do, it's, it's called, it's called Executive, Executive Order 1067. We'll Executive Order 1. Uh, the Inquirer or something. Mm -hmm. Oh, one second. Worry, I mean, I <laughs> Um, but one is they're going to implement HR 666. That's going to happen. Uh, that's their plan. Uh, two is this character they brought in, brought into the fold as a Satan worshiper. Everyone needs to look him up today. Now, Type everybody, look, this HR 666, this is on Congress.gov site. Yeah, they're not hiding this, it. This isn't something that Clay found on, like, uh, the Inquirer or something. This is your government that you've elected Republicans and Democrats. Exactly. Get that straight. Republican and Democrats want this. We are in trouble. That's all I'm going to tell you. We are in trouble. This two-party political system, two wings of the same bird, we are in trouble. All right? You're all going to have to find the rest of the information for yourself. I'm going to end it for right now. Um, you know what? Let me let it play a little bit more, a little bit more, and then I'll end it. And that's what I'll do. Are all involved HR six six six. Bad market. Yeah. And and when you HR six six Wow. HR six six six. Just the thought of it. Look into this. This is um Again, I mean, you're, you're talking about they want to implement the thought crime, and, and so then when, once they do, it's called Executive Order 14067, Executive Order 14067, uh, once that goes into place, which would be December 13th of 2022, anybody who doesn't want to put the technology in their body, they will cut off your money supply with, on December 13th with Executive Order 14067, and that's how that works, and then the technology they want to put in your body is called Internet of Bodies, which is RNA modifying nanotechnology. Okay, we got to go. All right, so um, that's all I could do for right now. Um, that's it. Um, I really liked uh, doing this live stream. Okay. I know some people watch me, others don't. If I still have a channel, I'm still grateful. If not, well, it was a good time. You know, I will always say that because, you know, I'm not this, you know, typical YouTuber. I like to talk about things that very few people talk about. 
And um, I like this type of stuff. And uh, it was a pleasure, you know. I'm grateful for the subscribers that I got. <coughs> and uh, I appreciate the people who do watch my channel. And um, thank you for you guys to subscribing to my channel. Anything you want to know about this channel is in the description box. Um, that's about it. Later. Have a good night. Stock up food and water.